morning. You know, a few weeks ago, I was driving somewhere. It was a little bit of a longer drive. And so I don't know about you, but whenever I'm driving, I always turn on a podcast and listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. But this day, I was feeling a little bit more lighthearted. And so I turned on a podcast I've listened to for a couple of years called Stuff You Should Know. Um, And I have to listen when Sarah's not in the car because she does not like it. But so I turned it on and I was listening to it. And it was amazing. It's two guys. Once again, they're really fun to listen to. And they talk about random stuff that probably no one needs to know, but I always find it interesting. And they were talking about parrots, these talking birds, right? And I thought I knew a lot about them, but there was a lot of stuff I did not know um, about them. And so it was so interesting. For 45 minutes, they talked about like their kind of how they make those sounds, how they mimic sounds. Um, how owners start to get annoyed after a little bit. I don't know if any of you have had those, but I remember being younger and we'd visit my grandma and she had them. And for the first few minutes, it was amazing. And then after like a long time, it started to get annoying. But after listening to that, I was so amazed. I was like, I have to see this, you know, an animal that can talk. And so I went on YouTube and let me tell you, it can be a rabbit hole because you can start to watch and it's just so amazing. You're like, wait, I want to see another one. And so I brought a short clip for you this morning. I want you guys to watch this. It's the bird first talking, and then it's the owner and the bird kind of talking back and forth. I mean, I was watching those, and I had to watch them a couple of times because I was like, it sounds like a human voice, right? Like, it's so amazing to hear what those birds can do. And, you know, through the 45-minute podcast, I listen, like, this is something they do in the wild to warn other birds that, like, predators are coming so they can mimic different sounds or to communicate, like, with other birds. And so certain things will happen, and they'll respond a certain way. So although it seems like it's a real conversation, they're responding to like stimuli and all of this, but it's still amazing to see this animal that can talk. And that's what we're going to look at in scripture today, but it's not a bird that talks to a human, it's a donkey that has a conversation with a human. And I realize that as soon as I say that, you know, you may be watching online, you may say, that sounds unbelievable, and it is. In the next five weeks, that's what we're looking at is these stories of the Bible that seem kind of unbelievable, that seem really crazy and really extreme, but all of them are real. These are true stories that we see in Scripture. These aren't just made-up stories to kind of get us to be better people. These aren't just fairy tales with good moral values to kind of help us get along with others. These are actual stories of a supernatural God that's interacting in our natural world. And when we see him show up in these ways, we're amazed. And we really are like, God, I can't even believe this happened, but it did. And God is revealing something about himself. And I just want to remind us as we enter into these next five weeks, this is why we say this a lot here at NCC. You guys, scripture shapes our life. This book that we open up, the Bible, the, the word of God, it is different than any other book that we will ever read. The Bible describes itself as living and active, that it's alive, that if you will truly open up your life and read the scripture and study God's word, that it has the ability to begin to display and show you your attitudes, 
What are the motives of your heart? What's going on in the deepest parts of your life? Like, God can reveal that. God gave his word to us once again, not just to teach us to be better people, but to show us who is God. And what is he doing in our lives? What is it that he wants us to know about him? He's revealing himself through his word. And so the scriptures are vitally important. And so over these next five weeks, we're going to look at the scriptures and we're going to ask a few simple questions. And these are great questions to ask every time you read the Bible. So if you're like, Pastor Aaron, I don't know where to start or I don't read the Bible a lot because I'm not for sure if I understand it. These three questions can be really helpful. So if you're taking notes or if you have the NCC app, you can write this down in in the notes for the sermon today. Here are the three questions. The first thing we're going to ask is this. What did the audience think when they heard this? Okay, so these were written a long time ago. So what is it that God's saying to this original people that were in this story or that were hearing this? Okay, and then what does it mean to us today? We're living thousands of years later. So God, what are you saying in our time, in our context, in our culture? God, what is it that you're speaking to us? And then that third question, so important. How do we apply this to our lives? You guys, every week as I think about these messages or as other people come and speak, this third question is so important. I don't want you walking away being like, man, that was a really amazing message. And if someone asks you, yeah, what was it? You're like, I don't know, but it felt really good. Like, we just felt awesome, man. It's a great Sunday. I want you to be able to answer that third question. Okay, God, what are you telling me to do this week? What's one thing, God, that I can take your word? How can I apply that? And so... I pray over these messages like I I really try to listen. God, how can I make sure that when we leave today, Lord, we know what it is that you're speaking to us? So these three questions are so great when we're studying Scripture. And so we're going to kind of look at them as we walk through this today of, God, what were the original audience? What were they hearing and what was going on with them? What are you saying to us today? And then how do we apply this to our lives? So, like, what does this mean to us? And so let's get back to this First story that we're going to look at, it's the story of a talking donkey, okay? The story of a talking donkey. Let me give a little bit of context. If you have your Bibles, you can turn this morning to Numbers chapter 22, and we're going to start reading at verse 15, but you can hold on to that for just a moment because I'm going to provide, yeah, just a little bit of context for us as we walk through this. This story is taking place when the people of God The nation of Israel have been delivered out of slavery in Egypt. So they were there 400 years out of slavery in Egypt. God does some amazing mind-bending things to get them out of Egypt. And he's bringing them into a land that he's promised them. And as they're traveling, they're going by other nations and kingdoms and people. And there's one king named King Balak. And Balak becomes afraid. And he's like, God, I know what you did to get them out of Egypt. You almost crumbled this worldwide empire of Egypt. You almost took Pharaoh out. And if you did that to them, like, what are you going to do to me? And so he's really scared. And so he gets this idea. He hears about a prophet named Balaam. Balaam is not part of the people of God. He's not part of the Israelites. And quick shout out to John Jones um, because he's part of our teaching team and helps us with um, some of the research that we do on the messages And he pointed this out, that he is actually a Gentile. He's not part of the people of God. And God's speaking to him. And so righteousness had nothing to do with kind of the family he was born in. He was listening to God, and God chose to reveal himself. Balaam, God had placed gifts in his life, and Balaam had the ability 
to bless and to curse people. And so Balak, this king, hires this prophet Balaam. I know those names can get a little confusing, so stay with me here. He hires this prophet and says, I want you to curse the people of God. He sends a messenger to him. Curse the people of God, and I'll pay you. Balaam says, well, give me a moment. Let me pray. Can I be honest? There's some things you guys don't need to pray about, okay? Pretty, pretty common sense here. But he goes to God, and he's like, God, these people are going to pay me um, to curse the people of God. What do you want me to do? God says, don't curse them. And so he goes back to the messengers. Go tell the king. God said, no, I'm not supposed to go with you. Not supposed to curse his people. And so they go back. And this is where we pick up the story in Numbers 22, verse 15. This is when it says, Then the king, Balak, sent others, other officials. This is the second time. More numerous and more distinguished than the first. They came to Balaam the prophet and said, This is what Balak the son of Zippor says. Do not let anything keep you from coming to us. Don't let anything keep you from coming to us. Why? Because I will reward you handsomely. And do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people for me. But Balaam answered them, Even if Balak gave me all of the silver and gold in his palace, I could do nothing, either great nor small, to go beyond the command of the Lord my God. Now spend the night here so that I can find out what else the Lord will tell me. That night God came to Balaam and said, Since these men have come to summon you, go with them, but do only what I tell you. Balaam got up in the morning saddled his donkey and went with the Moabite officials, but God was very angry that he went with them. Now let's pause right here in the story because you can read this and it can seem a little bit confusing. God was very clear. He said no, right? They come back and said, Balaam will give you more money. And Balaam says, well, let me pray again about this and see what God's going to say. And then God says, well, they've come to summon you. You can go with them, but only do what I say. And then he gets up and goes, but God is very angry with him. Why? I want you to think about this. Be careful when God says no. Be careful when God says no. What's going on in this original story? Like, what would the audience have understood? What would the audience have heard? God already gave clear instructions to Balaam. Now, there are moments, and Jesus tells us this, when we're praying, right? And maybe God says, wait, maybe God says, pause. Maybe you don't hear a clear direction, and so you keep praying. This is not what this is talking about. God was very clear with Balaam. No, you're not going to go with them. You're not going to curse my people. I'm telling you, do not do that. God was very clear. He said no to Balaam. But now the king comes back and says, hey, don't let anything dissuade you. Don't worry about what God says. Don't worry about what you've already heard. Why? Because I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to pay you a lot of money. And so what happens, Balaam all of a sudden has a change of heart here, right? He doesn't really care about what God is saying. He doesn't care that he can't curse the ears and realize he sees dollar signs in his mind. He sees a big payoff coming, right? And so he has this heart decision of like, what am I going to do? Am I going to follow God? Hey, just go ahead and wait a little bit longer. Maybe I can change God's mind. And you need to understand what's happening here. Balaam is not concerned for his life. So this isn't God. We need to be honest here. Like this king is going to come and kill me. He's threatening me. He's threatening my family. Like, man, my life is here on the line. What should I do, God? What direction do I go? No, this is God, I could get some more money. Man, I could get rich off of this deal. 
Like this, this could be something really good for me and I could come out ahead. So God, could you wiggle a little bit right here? Like it's not his safety that he's concerned about. He's just seeing dollar signs. That's what he's seeing. And I think when God says no and we think, well, maybe I should ask again, we need to check the motive of our heart, you guys. Like what's our reason that we want to keep, keep coming back and asking for this? What's that reason that we want God to change his answer or to change the response? When God says no, we have to be careful. We have to be careful when God has been very direct because God sees things differently than we do. God knows the future in a way that we can't yet see it, in a way that we can't understand this. You know, I've shared this. We have eight kids. God's blessed our family. And I've learned so much more about who God is, about my relationship with God, as I've observed my relationship with my kids. And all kids are different, I know that. But when it comes to money, our kids kind of fall into two categories. Maybe you have kids like this. Some are really great savers. Some are really great spenders, okay? So we have both sides of that in our house, okay? Some are really great savers. Like, I have to tell them now that they're out of the house, like, no, you need food. Go to the grocery store, buy yourself some food, please. You've got to eat because they just want to save, right? They want to make sure that they've got the money they need. There. And then others, I mean, they get $10 and it's like, dad, are we going to the store today? Huh? Dad, like, can we go right now? What store are we going to go to? And so... This has happened a number of times where we'll get a birthday card, right, from a grandparent or something. There'll be a little bit of money in there, maybe $10. And so I won't name any kids, but they'll be like, Dad, can we go to the store? We'll go to the store. I know in their mind they think I'm going to get the mega Nerf blaster gun, right? But what they don't know that I know is that's $60. And so we get to the store. They see that. I'm like, you don't have enough money for that. And so what do they do? They look at the little $7 plastic off-brand gun, right? And I, as a parent, love them, and I say, don't get that. Don't do that. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to break. Like, that's so cheap. You can see right through the gun. Like, those bullets, you know, don't do that. Just save up your money. That's smarter. And get something a little bit better. No, Dad, this is the one I want. Can I please get this? Can I please get this? I've already said don't do that, right? But it's your birthday money, okay? So... So like you want to do this, and so they'll do that. They'll buy the, the little off-brand gun. They'll get up to the cash register, put their $10 down. They're so proud in that moment. They'll get home a day later, right? The trigger won't fire. The dart is stuck in the barrel. It ends up in the bottom of the toy bin, and eventually we give it away to Goodwill or something, right? Like it's a waste, and they're like, Dad, I don't have my $10. I know. I told you that, didn't I? Yeah. See, God sees things from a different perspective than we do. And there was a reason God said no. Can I be honest with you? If you've had those moments in your life, there is a reason God says no. He sees something that you don't see. And you need to be very careful and check your motive of your heart. What is it that you're wanting? Why do you keep coming back? Why do you keep asking for that thing when God has already said no? Is this an issue of trust? God, I don't trust that you're really going to provide. So I know I keep applying for this job and the door is shut, but God, I need more money. I just got to have more money. I've got to have more money. Like, is this a trust issue? When God says, no, don't go after that relationship. Don't start pursuing that guy or that girl. He sees something that you don't see. And you and I need to be careful 
when God says no. God is telling Balaam no because he sees something that Balaam does not see in this equation. And so he is warning him. And you guys, we have to be so careful in our heart. And we need to take those moments and really stop and evaluate. God, is this a moment where you're telling me to just to wait? Is this a very clear no? And if God, if that's difficult, why is that difficult, Lord? Is this a trust issue? What's going on here in my life and in my heart? Once again, this wasn't about a family member that was sick that Balaam loved. This was about money. And God was telling him, Balaam, I see destruction in your path if you go down this road. Like this is what I see happening to you. And so, church, we have to be careful when God says no. We need to check the motive of our heart when we keep asking for things that God has already told us hey, that's not going to be good. You don't need that in your life. The second thing that we see in this story is God is going to use whatever it takes to get your attention. So Numbers 22, verse 24, it says this, Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path. So Balaam's going with the messengers to go to the king to curse the people of God. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel, it pressed close to the wall And it crushed Balaam's foot against it. So he started to beat the donkey again. This has already happened. And the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow path where there was no room to turn either to the right or the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it laid down under Balaam and he was angry and he beat it with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. This is the crazy part. And the donkey said to Balaam, what have I done to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answers. Can we just pause right here? Like, this is the crazy part of the story. Not like, my donkey just talked to me, you guys. It's more like he just starts to have a conversation with this animal. And this is the part of the story that seems the most unbelievable, is Balaam's not shocked, I guess. And he's like, you've made a fool of me, right, in front of all these people. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey says to Balaam, am I not your own donkey? which you have always ridden to this day. Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, Balaam responded. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. He saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. God will use whatever it takes to get your attention, you guys. Now, I hear this, right? And I've read this story a number of times, like, I've been over this story. Um, More recently, as I read this story, I'm thinking about what that was like, like hearing a donkey talk. And like some of you in the room, I imagine it may have sounded a little something like this. Thank you, man. That's what I hear now when I read this story, right? Thanks a lot, Shrek and DreamWorks for that, okay? But God, whatever it sounded like, God opens the mouth of this animal, and this really happened, and he's having a conversation with this donkey. Balaam's talking with this donkey here. And when I think about this, this is not a story that was just put in the Bible to amaze us. Like, did that really happen? Like, that seems so unbelievable. It's not just something kind of crazy taking place. 
God's reminding his people that he will do whatever it takes to get our attention. He'll use whatever is there, you guys, whatever is around us, so that we will actually open up our eyes, we'll see what God is saying, we'll see the caution signs, right? We'll see what God is warning us against and what is taking place. And so, like, this is the important part of studying the Bible, because if you go home and try to talk to your animals, like the Bible said I could do this, not going to work, you guys, okay? So that's not what this story is about at all. I know we love our pets. Like, I talk to my animals when, when I get home from work, but they don't talk back to me, okay? But what this is saying is, is, hey, when you're going down the wrong path, when you're headed in a direction that could bring destruction to your life, when you and I have refused to listen to God in moments, he is going to use whatever it takes to get our attention to say, stop, open up your eyes, look around you like, I've warned you that this is not going to lead to a good place in your life. God is screaming at Balaam in every way possible, right? Even through an animal to say, hey, I've warned you, do not go down this path. This is going to lead to destruction in your life. God will use whatever it takes. So yes, you and I may be disappointed when you get that phone call and you didn't get that promotion. Or when you thought you were going to get a bonus and it didn't come through. Or students, when you ask that guy or girl out and they said no. But God may be using everything around you to get your attention. To say that's not the direction you want to head. And that's not where you want to go. You guys, sometimes it's a lot more subtle than an animal talking to us. Students, it's, it may be you're looking at colleges and you get on that college campus and you can't put words to it. But it just feels uneasy inside of you. That is God, okay? That's the talking animal in your life saying, hey, this may not be where you're supposed to be at. This isn't the right place for you. You guys, you're applying for that job, and yes, the, the bottom line looks really good, but you get there, and it's a toxic culture, and everyone's talking about each other, right? And there's no encouragement. There's no support. That is the talking animal in your life saying, this may not be the place that God wants you to be. There are different things that God will use to get our attention around our lives. Now, now, let me be very clear about this. I do not believe God causes tragedy and disaster in our life, but I believe he will use anything. He'll use anything around us. And we've seen that even over this past year that God is screaming at us in so many different ways, trying to get our attention through what we've experienced to say, hey, would you listen to my voice? Would you listen to what it is that I'm saying to you, to the direction that I'm leading you in? I can remember, this was a number of years ago, but my brother was on a missions trip to Hawaii. Now, I know all of us think I would love to go on a missions trip to Hawaii, but he was actually on the main island, and he said away from the touristy parts, he's like, it's the most extreme poverty he's ever seen. A lot of drug addiction, People broken. He's like, you know, just a lot of really extreme situations. So he was there for about eight weeks doing some different missions work with a number of different churches. He said one day he's walking into the market area in this small village in the middle of the island. And he said, this guy is just sitting there broken. And so Michael walks over and he begins to talk to him. And he said, for whatever reason, this guy just unloads, like just starts opening up about his life and tragedy and trauma that he's been through and all of these things. And Michael feels like he's supposed to say something to this guy, 
that God's trying to speak to him. And Michael's like, man, I don't know how that's going to come across. And he just can't shake that feeling. And so he says, hey, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but maybe all of these things that are going on, like God's trying to show you something and God's trying to tell you something. And he said, the guy just broke again and just began to sob. And he said, yeah, I have that same sense that God keeps telling me that I need to focus in on him. And so Michael's like, I just knelt down right there with him and I prayed that God would speak to him and that he would see what it is that God was saying. And church, once again, I want to be very clear. I don't think God brings that kind of tragedy in our life, but I believe he will use whatever is around us, whatever is going on to get us to focus on him, to draw our attention back to what is most important and what really matters in our life, our relationship with him and That's what we see right here in Balaam. He's walking towards destruction in his life. And God is trying to get his attention. And so what is it that God is saying to you? Are there moments where you have been ignoring God's voice? And where God is trying to shout at you? Or God's doing something maybe that seems unbelievable, something unexpected in your life? Because he is trying to get your attention. He's trying to let you know that there's something that he wants to tell you. Like we see this in Balaam's life. He was willing to use whatever was around him to speak to him. And as I think about this story, I think, man, we have to be so careful. We are the people of God. That we have not shut off God because we want something else more. We have not headed in a direction that God has told us not to go when he's already warned us, when he's already spoken to us, that we're not headed someplace where we should not be going just because we want some end goal. There's something that we're looking at more than we're looking at God. God will use anything around us to speak to us. I was thinking just about one more time, like, and this was crazy. I was with a group of friends, and we were sitting in a theater. We went to watch a comedy I still remember what movie it was. And we're sitting at the end of that. I'd laughed so much through the movie, but by the end of it, I was crying. And it was because through that movie, that comedy, there was something God was showing me in my life that I was not doing. And I just remember in that moment, God said that, Aaron, I'll use whatever it takes to speak to you. Use whatever it takes. And so I was kind of embarrassed Like everyone else is kind of laughing, right, picking up their popcorn. And I've got a tear rolling down my eye like, man, God, I really need to work on that. And God will do whatever it takes. He'll use a donkey. He'll use a movie. Like he'll use whatever. Maybe someone in your life speaking a word of encouragement or wisdom over you. He'll do whatever it takes to get your attention because he wants you to listen to him. He wants that relationship with you. Let me give one more thought as we look at this story in chapter 23, and it's this right here. God wants to bless you even when others want to curse you. God wants to bless you even when others want to curse you. Now watch this. Balaam has disobeyed God. God's spoken to him, right? He's going. He gets there to Balak. They start to make this sacrifice. He stands up to curse the people of God, and this is what it says. This is what Balaam the prophet says. He says, the king Balak has brought me from Aram, the king of Moab from the eastern mountains. Come, he said, curse Jacob, that was the people of God. Come and denounce Israel. 
How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those whom God has not denounced? From the rocky peaks, I saw them. From the heights, I viewed them. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or number even a fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous and may my final end be like theirs. The king says to Balaam, what have you done? I brought you to curse my enemies, but you have done nothing but bless them. See, even when Balaam's heart is like, I don't care. Like, I'll go if you offer me enough money. God says, no. You're not going to curse those that I don't want you to curse. Those that I've declared a blessing over, I am going to bless. Doesn't matter what you came to say, my will will win out. Like, I'm going to speak my blessing. And I think about that, you guys. We have a lot of sometimes difficult situations and when I think about this, we serve a God who truly wants to bless us. Who wants to speak life over us. That his favor and his goodness and his kindness, his grace, his forgiveness, all that we need in this life, he is speaking over us. And even when others in your life would maybe speak words of discouragement, even when people would say things to you, Right? That you're hurt by it and that you would feel devalued. God has spoken something different. He chooses to speak words of blessing over our life. He is a good heavenly father, right? That speaks those words of encouragement over us, even when others are saying different things. And you guys, this is more than just amazing, an amazing story about an animal that had a conversation with a man. This is the story about a God who wants a relationship with us. Who wants to get our attention and will use anything to speak to us, to warn us, to caution us whenever we're going in a disastrous way. This is a God who wants to bless us even when others would try to curse us. This is the God who wants to be close to his people and is willing to do anything, even send his son to this earth to die for us just so that he can be close to you. That's how much he loves you. That's what this story is a picture of. And I want us to take a moment and just bow our heads and maybe close your eyes and to reflect on that. Is that what you think of? Is the God who loves you, who wants to be close to you, He's not out, church, to try to spoil your fun, right? Or not really let you live life. He sees the disaster that's in front of you. And yeah, there's sometimes where he says, don't go that way. That's going to bring destruction in your life. That's going to hurt you. And I don't want to see you hurt like that. And so he'll use anything to get our attention. And maybe you're here and you've experienced that. Maybe you're still experiencing that, that, that destruction that comes in our life when we don't live our life God's way. When we try to do things on our own and our own power and our own strength, but the Bible's very clear, we can't fix ourselves. We can't do enough on our own to make ourselves right. And the power of the Bible is that it tells us that because we could not do that, that 
God stepped in our place. That Jesus came and he gave his life for us. And if you're here and you feel disconnected from God or you don't, you're watching this online, you don't have that relationship with God, I want to lead us in a prayer. And I'm going to invite everyone, even those of you watching online, you may be by yourself, but I want you to say this out loud because we don't want anyone praying alone. Let's pray this together. Jesus, I come to you and I know I've messed up. I've tried to do things my own way. And I don't want to live like that. So I'm asking for your forgiveness. Asking for your grace over my life. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. Give me a fresh start. I pray this in your name. Amen. Church, can we just put our hands together and celebrate for anyone who prayed that prayer? I believe that if you prayed that this morning, that God is doing something inside of your life, inside of you, that something new is happening. And we are so excited for that decision that you've made. And I want to lead us in one more prayer this morning. I'm going to ask all of us to pray this together and not just to repeat after me, but maybe there was something in this story that stood out to you. Maybe there's somewhere God's been saying no, that you need to pay attention to that. Maybe God's been using something around you that you've been ignoring to warn you or, or to bring that to your attention and you need to start to listen. Maybe you've allowed what others have said over your life to fill your worth or to determine your value and you need to remember this morning that God desires to bless you. He'll move any lengths, right, to bless you. He'll change circumstances to bless you. So let's pray this morning that God would help us to take his word and to apply it. God, what do I need to do this week, God, to see this message lived out in my life? And so, God, I pray this morning, Lord, that you will help each of us. God, take this crazy kind of unbelievable story, God, and show us, Lord, how we can live this out. God, if there is anyone listening to this message or in this room, God, you've been telling us no, and we keep trying to push you in that, Lord. Help us to see, God, your voice or listen to your voice, God, and see your perspective, God, and what it is that you want to do. God, direct us and guide us, God. If you've been trying to get our attention, Lord, we want to hear your voice, God. We want to sense that in our spirits, God. We want to be people that listen. And so I pray that, God, as we go throughout our week, Lord, in decisions that we have to make, God, Show us clearly what it is that you want us to do, God, your directions and your guidance, God. And I just believe that, Lord, your blessing over your church, God, your blessing over your people, God. Let it change the way that we approach this week. Let it change the way that we walk into the school, God, or into our workplace, God, because we are truly blessed by you. You are a God that loves us, that wants a relationship with us, God, and that chooses to bless us, Lord. And we are so thankful for that, God. I pray this in your name. Amen.